Hi all, and thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Open House. We're on a mission to develop a new mental health experience for all, because we believe that you can truly experience life advancement without having to spend thousands of pounds on -on one-on-one therapy. We believe that happiness is coming home to yourself under the layers and layers of you that society has told you to be. Now, into the episode, and it's a juicy one. Hi guys and welcome back to this episode of the Open House Podcast where I am coming to you from sunny South Africa with an episode that I have wanted to share with you ever since December. I've had a couple of coffees, I'm bouncing off the walls and I am ready to go. Today's episode is a solo episode because I have so much to say on ghosting after my own personal experience and yes, it's about to get shady up in here. So in this episode, I'm going to get into the psychology of ghosting, why people do it, why it makes you feel like you're going fucking crazy, excuse my language, and what I've learned in therapy since I got ghosted. Next episode, I'm going to get on the mic with Dr. Tari Mack, clinical psychologist and relationship expert, and we're going to talk about the kinds of people who ghost others and why they do it. The next episode is going to be a great one to see into the mind of the person on the other side of the situation, but today, this episode is for you, you big, beautiful babe that did not deserve to get ghosted. If you enjoy this episode or it resonates with you, please share it on social media, tagging me and Open House Life, or share it with someone who needs to hear it. I've taken four pretty expensive therapy sessions and bought you everything I've learned so I can give you therapy without the price tag. Any reviews on Spotify or Apple Podcasts would also be amazing to help support my mission of getting this to as many people as possible. Okay, so into the juicy stuff and my most recent dating story. If you couldn't tell, I got fucking ghosted excuse my language, and I'm not even embarrassed about it because it is what happens in today's dating world. So I'm going to share with you what I learned about me, about him, and everything that my therapist shared with me too. Yep, I finally dipped my toe back in the dating water and literally the second time that I did, I got fucking burned. Here's what happened. Someone messaged me on Instagram and from the second we started talking, the schema chemistry was there. Now, what I mean by schema chemistry is something that I've learned a lot about in therapy. Chemistry is kind of, you know, the way that you connect with another person, the little sparks in your eyes, really fancying them and the good time you spend together. But schema therapy, that goes so much deeper and is the shit that gets you revved up. Schema chemistry is something that comes out of a type of therapy called schema therapy, which I absolutely love. And schema therapy refers to our human tendency to be drawn to people who reinforce our own core beliefs about ourselves. These core beliefs are created in childhood, particularly between the ages of zero to seven, when we're basically just walking, talking human sponges that function in theta brainwaves for so much of the time that we pick up everything around us. It's these theta brainwaves that allow us to pick up the environment around us, how people are treating us, how people are talking to us, and even tiny, tiny parts of body language, like how they look at us or how they turn away from us. It's these first seven years of our life that lay the foundation of who we are, as well as laying the foundations for 
our schemas. So once these schemas are set in stone, and we all have different ones, these are the things that can show up in adulthood, and particularly our dating life, where they can wreak havoc with our life and romantic relationships. The concept of schema therapy ties back to psychologist Jeff Young, where he says that for the most part, adult romantic partner choice and selection is no accident, and schema chemistry is the intense feelings we have when we develop a romantic connection with a person who has the potential to wound us emotionally in the same way that we were wounded in childhood by our attachment figures. What this means is that we're really attracted to people who replicate the types of behaviour that we saw and experienced in childhood. You know when you just meet someone and it's like a forest fire from the day you meet? That is schema chemistry. My own personal schema chemistry is that for as long as I can remember, I've been attracted to the emotionally unavailable man and the bad boy. So my schema chemistry turns on the moment that I meet anyone who is even vaguely emotionally or physically unavailable. Honestly, I know it sounds absolutely nuts, but I do not know how to explain it other than something feels like it gets switched on. The chase is on, the game is on, and the game involves me chasing them until they fall in love with me. It's kind of fucked up, but that's the thing about schema chemistry. It feels good whilst it's happening rather than bad. Anyway. I digress, but after 12 months of therapy and shedding a lot of light on my own personal schemas, I'm now very aware that my schema chemistry and unconscious attraction is to these emotionally unavailable men, and sometimes questionable characters. So, when I met Mr. Ghoster, I should have known straight away what was about to happen. The schema chemistry was there instantly. He was gorgeous, he was sexy, he was everything physically that I went for. He was confident, probably too confident in fact, and maybe there was actually a red flag around some potential narcissistic traits in hindsight but we all know that we love to ignore them right he organized the first date he paid for the first date he knew exactly what to say at the right time he was so tactile he was flirty i fancied him so much and the sparks were so intense literally within minutes of meeting him that neither of us could believe how good the first date was going he even told me that he thought he was looking at his future girlfriend dickhead I left on a total high and we met a couple of times after that with each time just getting better and better. At this point, Christmas had come. So as usual, we both went home to spend Christmas with our families. At this point, his communication started to slow down a bit. Again, probably another red flag that I overlooked. But in my defense, I did pull him up on it and told him that I like consistency in communication and I'm looking for a man, not a boy. After that, we continued to get on really well and he asked me when I was coming back to London. And when I told him, he just never replied to my text message. Nothing. I mean, like, nothing at all. At first, I thought, like, okay, things must be super hectic for him now he's back in London and he's just having a busy start to the year and cracking on with his New Year's resolutions. But then, he started watching all of my Instagram stories and liking my posts. And that was the point that I realised he hadn't died, he hadn't lost his phone, but I was getting ghosted. In fact, not only ghosted, but I was also getting breadcrumbed, which is when someone kind of hangs around in the background without ever fully pulling through. I'm not gonna lie, it actually hit me pretty hard. Considering I hardly knew the guy, it felt like a pretty intense reaction. But what I learned in therapy was that it was actually the first time that I'd open up to anyone since the heartbreak of a lifetime, which really fucked me up about a year before. I learned that opening up to someone and then getting silenced and rejected again was the equivalent of the fully fledged rejection and abandon that I had experienced all over again. So the good thing is, this time around I had a therapist and after doing so much therapy, I was able to really consciously rationalise what was going on much more quickly, as well as also being able to look at the red flags that he had thrown me and that I'd ignored from the beginning. But to this day, 
he still hasn't replied. Mental. Fucking mental. And I'm sorry if you don't like swearing. I really am. But it is fucking mental. Because how hard is it to send a 20 second text message and say, hey babe, I've loved getting to know you recently, but I'm just not feeling it. And I think it would probably be better if we were friends. Or, hey, things are really busy at work right now with it being a new year and everything. I'm going to crack on with my work and I probably don't have time to date you. Anyway, all shade aside, I don't think it's that difficult for someone just to give you some visibility in a text message that actually they're not ignoring you. They just don't really want to hang out with you again. But I digress. And that is part of what we're going to be talking about in next episode with Dr. Terry. Anyway, let's get into the psychology and what I learned in therapy about ghosting and being ghosted. If you're already listening to this, you know what ghosting is. It's a lame ass passive breakup strategy where people literally just turn into a ghost and disappear in order to end whatever is going on between you two. What this means in reality is that they just go totally silent. Like they just stop replying to your messages, they just stop engaging with you and they don't pick up your calls. Why it's called ghosting is because the reality is that they literally act as if they've died. And it's crazy to be on the receiving end of because you're like, um, hey, I can literally see you on Instagram working out right now. uh, And I know that men are bad at multitasking, but like, are you just never going to message me back? All jokes aside, ghosting actually really, really hurts. And we can't pretend that it doesn't. And when I asked you guys, the open house audience, about your experience with ghosting, I realised that I wasn't alone in being hurt. The responses were overwhelmingly negative about the ghosting experience. And some people said that ghosting made them feel sad, like so, so, so depressed, as well as sad, confused and angry altogether. Unseen came up a lot too, as well as the word invisible and the concept of being silenced, suppressed and feeling stupid. But on top of that, the responses actually went deeper. Some of the responses said that ghosting made them feel like they were nothing, totally worthless and totally fucking inferior. Many people said that it made them really feel like they weren't good enough and that if maybe they'd been prettier or more attractive or had done something different or had not done something whilst they were dating, then maybe the other person might still be interested. Hearing these responses made me realise that I wasn't alone in hurting after this experience and that ghosting made me feel horrible and it made you guys feel the same. For me, when I started to understand the biology, the chemistry and the physiology, as well as the psychology behind ghosting, I understood why it can make some of us feel like we're going crazy. More than one of you said that ghosting turns you into an absolute lunatic and it makes you feel like you're going psychotic. So why does ghosting hurt so bad? Let's get into the science. The first thing you need to know about ghosting is that physical pain and emotional pain are actually thought to be based on the same neural pathways. And what this means is that while the two types of pain are obviously different, research actually suggests that both types of pain share neurological similarities because they both link to changes in parts of your brain known as the prefrontal cortex and the cingulate cortex. Ghosting and rejection more generally activates the same regions of the brain and it says to your body, hey, something is going on here that is kind of similar to physical pain and I think you need to be aware of it. At that point, the alarm bells just keep going off and off and off until you learn how to process the situation and take yourself out of danger. I also thought it was insane to learn that a study done by the Case Western Reserve University showed that heartbreak and the exposure to rejection actually led to participants in the study having an immediate drop in their reasoning by 30% and a drop in their IQ by 25%. So if you feel like you're going crazy, there's probably a scientific reason for it. And the worst news is that not only did they ghost you, but they're also kind of making you more dumb at the same time. So taking control of the ghosting situation is to everyone's advantage, including your brain cells. Let's get into why it actually hurts. 
ghosting really hurts because it is rejection combined with the ultimate silent treatment combined with a total lack of clarity and control. These three things equal major emotional dysregulation. Emotional dysregulation is a term used to describe an emotional response that is poorly regulated and sits outside the accepted range of emotional reactions. So it's known as kind of having fluctuations in mood, mood swing, or basically just feeling really shit. So the three things that you need to understand here is that ghosting is caused by rejection, silent treatment, and this lack of clarity and control. First up, rejection. We know that as human beings, we have a need for social belonging and collectivism literally put into our historical biological wiring. And the need to be part of a pack goes back to caveman days, where if we didn't be part of that pack, we would get rejected and ultimately end up being left out on the savannah to die alone without being able to fend for ourselves. So not only is ghosting the ultimate form of rejection, but what's even worse about it is there are no answers, which can make the psychological distress even more intense. Next up, and the second part of ghosting, is the silent treatment. Research today has now shown by mental health professionals that they can actually correlate silent treatment with emotional cruelty. And the silence leaves you powerless and suppresses your voice. But one of the problems with the silent treatment is it makes people more likely to want to reconcile with the partner because they want to fix, solve and change the situation as well as getting answers. The problem with ghosting is that it often also happens early on in the relationship. So obviously that person doesn't have the ability to have a regulated and communicative and respectful discussion with you. But it also often feels like it's just too early to have this type of conversation and be like, hey, why aren't you replying? And what on earth is going on with you? This in turn leads us to silence ourselves as well as being silenced by them. We don't allow our truth to be spoken and this turns into shame and being ashamed of our feelings, which in turn can also turn into self-esteem issues, driving it further and further into the ground if you already have a weak spot around your self-esteem. Brene Brown actually says that if you were to put shame in a Petri dish, it needs three things to grow exponentially. And those three things are secrecy, silence and judgment. And so often a lot of shame that we hold around ghosting is because of these three things. You don't want to tell people about it because it feels like your reaction is an overreaction considering how little time you have potentially dated this person for. So you keep this secretly inside of you. You've been silenced by another and then you also silence yourself by not being able to talk to them about what's going on. And third of all, you're judging yourself for it being something that you maybe did to cause them to do this reaction to you rather than judging them for something that they did or were not able to do. The third reason that ghosting hurts so much is the total lack of control that you're left with because you feel like you've had the full control over any situation taken out of your grasp. In most relationships or early dating stage, it's kind of this 50-50, like getting to know each other, meeting each other in the middle, replying to each other's text messages. But when someone ghosts you, they just fully pull the rug out from underneath your feet. You have no idea when they might reappear and without knowing the facts of what's going on, you don't know how to consciously rationalise to yourself what's happened or why it happened. Ghosting deprives you of the really important social cues that our brain needs to be able to put a story together around what has happened. So we start to fill in the blanks ourselves. And ultimately, this is something that really should be avoided. Because who knows why they ghosted you? But by coming up with your own hypotheses, you are never going to get the correct answer or be able to see into the brain of the ghoster. So understanding those three things can start to help you understand why ghosting sucks so much. And if you're feeling a bit fucked up by it, it can also help you understand that you are not alone. These are feelings that so many millions of other people will be going through too.
There are a ton of other emotions that ghosting brings up and frustration is a big one. The absolute just lack of communication is beyond frustrating for most people, particularly when you had a good day or string of dates and the ghosting feels totally unjustified. For me, it was absolutely crazy that after how well our dates had gone and how excited we were to see each other again, that this person would just not even be able to message me and tell me what was going on with them. Particularly for people who have the communication skill sets to not ghost another person, it can be an insanely frustrating and even disrespectful act. A lot of the open house audience actually said that they felt really hurt to not be given the level of respect that they would give to someone else, even if it was early on in the dating history. I think we can all agree that there just seems to be like a certain level of human decency to just communicate with someone and not ghost them. And in this situation, my guy clearly didn't feel that way. Which is why it's also super interesting to understand the dark triad of traits that people that are most likely to ghost often show up with. So things like narcissism, Machiavellism and lack of empathy. Anyway, without this being at risk of being a very biased podcast, it's also important to note that some people in the open house audience were okay with being ghosted. Personal growth and self-work shone through for many, with one person saying, in the past, I felt truly awful and personally rejected, and it was just so painful. But today, I know they're doing me a favor by showing me their true colors. Another response felt sorry for the ghoster. They said they clearly don't have good communication skills or the ability to deal with healthy confrontation in any way. And that shows me all I need to know. Another person actually went as far as saying, I feel sorry for them. I know that karma will level up and they're going to have to learn their lesson and how to communicate gently at some point. I also thought it was interesting to learn that perhaps people with more robust or even avoidant attachment styles, as well as those with higher self-esteem, were more likely to be okay with the ghosting. With someone saying, it's okay, it hurts that you didn't like me, but it would hurt more to know exactly what you didn't like about me. Some other people also understood that this is just part and parcel of dating in today's world, with a lot of people saying, hey, shit happens, particularly early on in dating. What I think became clear was that ghosting is particularly damaging and painful for people who either struggle with self-esteem issues, abandonment issues or attachment challenges from childhood. The reason for this is because it reaffirms those core schemas and fundamental beliefs about themselves that we hold subconsciously and unconsciously that were formed in childhood. So when someone ghosts you, for these types of people, perhaps myself included, it confirms that actually you weren't lovable after all. And this person left because they didn't think you were worthy of sticking around. On top of this, people take the silence as a real big hit, which is that not only weren't you worthy of sticking around, but also you weren't actually worthy of having a conversation with, perhaps because you were so unlovable. Now, it sounds really savage to throw these terms unworthy and unlovable around, but it's important to, I guess, remember when we talk about them that we're not talking about the conscious adult version of them. We're talking about the kind of silent feeling based um, mechanisms that we pick up as children around maybe not feeling loved or important enough to our parents. In short, ghosting brings your childhood wounds right to the forefront, front and centre. Now, into the next part of the episode, which, if I may say so myself, is the gold dust. What to do when you get ghosted. Like I said, next episode is going to be more about the person that ghosted you and why they did it. But the overarchingly important thing to realise if you've been ghosted is that it actually says nothing about you. And it says everything about them. It's really, really important that you understand that in nearly every situation where you got ghosted, unless you did something really bad, that their silence is not a reflection of your lack of love or a reflection of your lack of worthiness or anything about you or how you looked or how you stack up to other people in the dating pool. 
Ghosting actually just shows that the person who ghosted you did not have the courage or healthy communication skills and style to deal with the discomfort of their emotions, the discomfort of a slightly uncomfortable discussion, or being able to hold the emotions of yours. In some situations, it will show that they didn't understand the impact of their follow-on behaviour, and in some situations, which might even be worse, it shows that even if they did understand how it might impact you, they actually weren't able to or interested in prioritising your emotional well-being over their emotional convenience. And yeah, fair enough, maybe you didn't know them for very long, so some people here will be defensive, saying I didn't owe them anything, but I think we can all agree that it's kind of human decency to send a 20 second text message saying that you've enjoyed spending time with them, but at this point you're not interested in hanging out in a romantic sense again. I mean seriously, how difficult is that? So for me now, getting ghosted as a grown-ass woman, I've learned that once the initial pain of the rejection passes, it actually isn't something to cry about at all. It is clear as day, loud and clear, a huge message from the universe and the higher powers that be that are shouting, this is not your person. And you are going to keep moving forward en route to finding that person. So I moved this person out of your way. Ghosting is also someone actually shouting to you, I don't have what it takes to have a mature, balanced and healthy relationship with you and I still have my own work to do. So it's probably in your best interest if you keep moving. But it's also not just about slating the person that ghosted you. Ghosting is also the universe shouting, hey, I just wanted to show you that there is actually an area of yourself that you still need to work on a bit. And I'm just showing you that maybe this like really hurts because you need to lean into compassionately loving the parts of you that are showing up as your childhood wound. Ghosting is just a flashlight into you and into them. But if you have been ghosted and it is hurting, then here is the Louise Rumble nine-step process for your ultimate healing from that lame-ass ghoster. Big number one, acknowledge the biology behind your reaction. Because when you understand that the social rejection actually activates the same parts of your brain as physical pain, you can be kind to yourself and understand that your body is just in protection and rejection mode. At this point, letting time pass and self-care coming to the forefront more than ever is really, really important, as well as grabbing a therapist to help you through this part of the journey. You also have to feel it to heal it. So don't be ashamed by what you're feeling and do not keep it silenced or secretive. It doesn't matter how long or how little you had been dating this person because it's okay to be excited when you finally meet someone that you think you might like and finally fancy. What they did sucked and it really, really hurt and it's okay to allow yourself to be in pain for a little while. We all know that the body keeps the score of emotional, unprocessed and suppressed trauma. So understand that you need to feel this to heal this. Number two, it goes without saying, don't message them again. I repeat, do not message them again. Honestly, just don't do it. And when the rejection is kicking in, understand that your body is trying to protect you and is craving answers. It is craving being chosen, being picked and being loved. And it desperately wants to get conscious information that can prove that the situation isn't actually happening and that you aren't being abandoned and rejected. It is absolutely guaranteed that you're going to want to message them again or even call them. Hell, you might even want to go and bump into them because you know where they work or eat or train. But when you are feeling like a crazy ass bitch, don't do this. Remember that this person has ghosted you because they don't want to talk to you and they don't want to see you again. So why on earth should you go out of your way to start talking to them again? Remember that this is not a healthy coping mechanism and during times of ghosting you need to be focusing on yourself and how you feel and what childhood wounds it's bringing to the forefront for you rather than how they feel and why they did what they did. Love is not to be fought for and if they want to ghost you so be it. It's going to be their loss not yours in the long run. 
Number three, get rid of the crazy idea that you need closure from the ghoster. Almost everyone talks about craving closure at some point when you've been handed a big, heavy dose of rejection. But what I've learned along the way in my therapy journey is that closure is actually a disguised way of saying that you just want connection again. Closure is just wanting information around what happened, why they did it, and why they disappeared. But honestly, really, are they ever going to say anything to you that's going to make the situation better? If they tell you that they're dating someone else, you're going to feel like second best and wonder why they didn't pick you. If they say that they're too busy at work to date right now, you're going to feel like it's a fob off and you're going to wonder if something else is actually going on. If they tell you that they were actually dating someone else alongside you or that they got back with their ex, this isn't going to make you feel great either because you're always going to feel like second best. And the reality is, is if this is an avoidant person who is self-sabotaging because they aren't ready for commitment or for human connection or real deep intense love, then the likelihood is that they're probably not going to give you the information that you need, which is, hey, this was a really amazing but triggering experience for me. It's made me realize that I want to run in the other direction at 100 miles an hour. So I'm going to go and book in with my local therapist so I can work on that. And hey, I'll come back when I've done that. I mean, we can only dream, right? So you don't need closure because they're not going to give you information and the fact that you got ghosted is all the closure you need. You might not know why they did it, but that doesn't matter. It doesn't have anything to do with you and you do not want to date someone like that. That is all the closure you need. And I know that it feels hard to stomach right now, but I promise you that as the weeks go past, you will feel like that too. For the first few days and weeks, I was literally desperate just to hear what on earth had gone on, how he could have had such a good time and literally love-bombed me from the day he met me and then went silent, and whether there was a piece of the puzzle that I was missing. Now, as a couple of weeks have gone on, I literally just like sneer and like turn my nose up when my friends talk about him, because only a tiny part of me feels rejected. The other part of me just feels like it's laughable that he acted in that way. Okay, point four, just cut them out. Stop trying to make up a story around why what happened happened. Send their number to a friend, delete their number, delete the chat, mute them on Instagram, delete the photos of you and your camera roll and get on with your life without checking up on them. Don't message them again. Don't ask after them again. Don't talk to their friends that know them in the hope that they might say something. Treat them as if they are dead to you. And I can caveat that that is not advice that my therapist gave me. But I think that that seemed to work pretty well for me. What my therapist did say though is that love is not to be chased or craved or squeezed out of someone. It's supposed to be full and healthy and flowing. Tip five, use this ghosting experience as a flashlight into who you are attracting and whether this is a repeating cycle for you. Just like ghosting is a good opportunity to look internally at yourself and why it hurts so much, it's also a great opportunity to look at who you are attracting and whether you're attracting a certain type of person. Is this the first time you've been in a situation like this? Do you get ghosted often and has it happened before? It's important to look at who you're attracting and what is driving these decisions in your romantic partners. Like I said earlier, understanding that our childhood experiences set out our template for love later in life can actually help you look at what is showing up when you're in adulthood. And if you're repeatedly going for guys or girls who are emotionally unavailable, emotionally unstable, allow you to walk all over them, are party boys and party girls, good time guys and good time girls, or this isn't the first time that this has happened to you, then this experience, whilst being painful, can actually be an opportunity for you to look into the types of people that you are subconsciously and unconsciously attracting so you can start to change these cycles point six remember that you were fine before this happened and you are going to be just fine again if anything you are going to be even better because you are on a big part of your own personal growth right now 
Remember that there was a time before you met this person that you were absolutely fine on your own. Learning how to love and care for yourself and also your inner child is a really, really important part of this journey. So you can learn to be on your own and be happy in your own company and really kind of take some time for you. Number seven, if ghosting really hurts you, it might be time to go deeper into your subconscious. We know that 95% of who we are and our days are run by our subconscious mind. And this is where our limiting beliefs and templates are stored. And this is not the conscious mind, which is able to kind of analyze and think on a day-to-day basis of what's happening, why it happened, and how it made you feel. The conscious mind tries to build a story around what's happened, but the subconscious mind holds those deep cellular limiting beliefs and narratives around who you are and why you are that way. Where possible, use this painful period as a catalyst to start on your own subconscious healing journey and start to hit up some subconscious meditations and energy sessions with someone like Dr. Joe Dispenza, who focuses on all things self-love and our heart-brain coherence. Using theta brainwaves to kind of get into that subconscious state will help you to work with the neuroplasticity and rewiring the parts of your brain that potentially hold on to the beliefs that you're interested in someone who is emotionally unavailable or that you are only worthy of being loved by a second rate type of person. A little bit outside of the box, but if you're into energy work as well, you can also work on cord cutting to make sure that you energetically disconnect from this person so that they will have less of a hold over you as you try to move forward. Use this ghosting experience as a self-development tool to show you why you're never going to ghost anyone else ever again. The things that hurt us in life can actually be a vehicle to develop into kinder, softer and more empathetic people if we actively choose to do the work and not let these situations harden us. Use this situation as a reminder that you don't want to inflict this pain on anyone else. So moving forward, if you find yourself in a situation where you actually are not that interested in dating the next person, you know that you can gently have a quick conversation with them or just drop them a quick text or a voice note rather than leaving them out in the cold. And finally, number nine, it goes without saying, don't go and sleep with their brother or their sister or their friend to get back at them. I can guarantee you that in the short term, playing with fire feels like a good idea, but in the long run, they ain't even worth it. So as we start to wrap up today's episode, I just want to say that ghosting happens and it's part of modern dating today. It shouldn't be okay and it shouldn't be normalized because ghosting fucking sucks and it really, really hurt me, even though I hardly even knew the guy. So yeah, if you have gone through this too, it's okay for it to really hurt. And if it's hurting you, you are not alone, you're not crazy and you're not a lunatic for feeling that way because it physically switches on pain in your brain. But like with everything in life, ghosting doesn't have to scar you for the long haul. Yes, it feels like you might lose faith in men or women over time, but all you can do is be the change that you want to see in the world and you can show up with integrity and honesty and communication both with yourself and with others, trusting that you will attract someone with that attitude too that reflects yours. If you've been ghosted and it hurts, you can use this as an option to say, hey, Do I have a wound here that's been hiding without me realising it? Or did this ghosting just actually shine a torch on something that I need to look at or work through? Or do I have something that I need to work on in terms of who I'm attracting and what kind of behaviour I'm accepting into my life and energy field? 
And the final thing that I want to leave you with is that, yeah, ghosting hurts. But if you use it to your advantage, one day you are going to thank the guy or girl that ghosted you. You're going to thank them for being so weak and so cowardly because they helped you to learn what you don't want in a relationship. And they helped you by moving out of the way so you could continue en route to being so beautifully goddamn strong that your person that you're going to end up with will never, ever ghost you because they cannot get enough of you. And if you're the guy listening to this that ghosted me and you're thinking about texting me, don't. You're dead to me. Just kidding. Good vibes always for everyone, but uh, please don't text me. Okay, guys, over and out. I hope this helped you and you took some value from it and from my own experience. Um, if you took value from this, please do share on social media or share with someone else that might need it. And if you are interested in the very exciting ghosting workshop coming soon with Dr. Terry, head to thisisopenhouse.com, drop your email in on the homepage and you'll be added to the mailing list so you will get first access to all and any content that is coming soon. If the ghosting has hit you really, really hard, be sure to go back on the Open House podcast on Apple and Spotify and check out the 10 Things I Learned in Therapy about Heartbreak episode, which is going to go even deeper into some of the things that we spoke about today. Remember, don't struggle in silence. There is no shame around this and there is no judgment around this. Reach out, heal it to feel it, and please get a session in with a therapist if you can. Sending you so much love from the bottom of my heart to you and sending you a massive bear hug. It's horrible to go through what you've gone through, but everything is going to be okay. I promise. Lots and lots of love. 